0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's that time of the show when we check on the latest in sports. Only the most important topics and questions are brought to light. Stop what you're doing and listen. These news stories
1: will astound and amaze you. The one...
2: The only. Oh, my God. Who the hell cares?
1: The Big Five starts now on 97.3 The Fan.
2: Well, guys, I just got to say, I spent a lot of our prep time today. Wow, I'm looking in the Zoom camera and Tony is rocking out, like, more so than I've ever seen him rock out before. That was amazing. That
3: was just a a cold grape in the back of my molar there oh oh it wasn't a rock out move for the music no it just Uh, it was hurt it was really cold
2: uh well you know i spent a lot of the time prepping today uh looking for audio for the big five that i never ended up finding i even i'll I'll get to what i sat through an hour and 40 minutes of just to find this one clip and i never found it but with that being in mind number five no audio in this in this uh topic for the Big Five. I was reading Dennis Lynn's mailbag on The Athletic and I came across a question he answered about something I haven't really put much thought into at all. Bob Melvin is under contract through the 2024 season and Dennis Lynn writes his opinion is he doesn't know if Bo Mel will want to manage much longer after his contract expires. He's not saying he's going to retire or anything like that. He's just just putting it out there. So let's assume Bo Mel wants to be the manager for a while. Tony, when do the Padres extend him?
3: Um sometime before next season. What you don't <laughs> what a manager doesn't like to well, a manager doesn't like to do. So you said twenty twenty four, so that's He's he has next this year. season yeah. and next season. Yeah. So what a manager doesn't like is to be managing in a basically a lame duck Uh, season where he is um, doesn't have any security beyond that year I I think it makes it tougher to manage in some ways right because players don't know if you're even returning for the following years Uh, so yeah sometime between now and before the beginning of next season starts if he wants to to manage you certainly want to extend him in that time
1: Chris what do you think about Bo Mel well, I think they're going to extend them right after the uh, parade is over this
0: season. <laughs> right? yeah, would, I mean, he, they would after, have to after, if
2: they're parading around.
1: Absolutely. After they win his World Series and uh, we finally get our parade in San Diego, I think at the press conference, you announced that Bob Melvin has been signed to a contract extension. After all, I mean, this is Shangri-La we're living in right now with the Padres. Everything's going <laughs> wonderfully. So why not keep the good times rolling? So. Um, but no, I agree with Tony. If he does want to continue managing and you want him to continue managing, which I think will be the case, or at least the second part of that I think will be the case, then you absolutely you have to extend him after Latin next season. You can't have him manage 2024 as a lame duck. So uh, nothing good ever comes out of that in Major League Baseball or any other sport when Players know a coach may be on his way out or might be retired. You know, now if he says he's going to retire after twenty twenty four, that's a different story. But I think that's yeah, all way deep, down the yeah. road, obviously.
2: Uh, one thing I think they could do on the parade route that would be fun is put up a a bowmel float where he just keeps signing an extension as he passes all the people, and you know he throws <laughs> them out to people as he's going by. I think that would be awesome. Padres, yeah. uh, listen, listen up! I have some great parade ideas. Number four. <laughs> This was suggested by our good friend Esty Lifer fan, and I'm really glad that he did suggest this. This is one of those things where I tried to find audio, couldn't find it. But like it or not, Rory McIlroy is going to go down as one of the faces of rethinking the PGA Tour. And in my opinion, he says a lot of things that I agree with. But over the weekend, he had golf fans telling him that he was wrong. Kurt Kitayama got his first tour win at Bay Hill amidst a struggle to make birdies at the top. When Rory was asked about whether he felt the atmosphere out there late, he said, Yeah, I certainly felt it on the golf uh, course, so I'm sure it was pretty good to watch. It's hard because the lead's changing hands with guys making bogeys, not really making birdies. So don't know how people find that entertainment value. But it was a great back nine. It was great to be involved with, end quote. So, Chris, you're going to be up first here. And I got to say, I meant to bring this up yesterday. That was the best golf tournament I've watched this year. It was awesome. There were putts being like they they would stop maybe a centimeter before it would fall and the whole stuff like that. Anyway, Chris, um, is it more entertaining to watch the pros struggle down the stretch, or would you rather see a shootout with birdie after birdie?
1: Uh, there's no question I would rather see a, a, a tournament where it's much more difficult to make birdie, uh, you know, because then you get a little of both. I mean, you get yeah. their greatness, which is to see them conquer the golf course, but you also see the golf course conquer them from time to time. I I think one of the reasons why the U.S. Open is such, a, such an amazing draw, an amazing event to watch is because they always make the course impossible. And for most of us, golf is impossible. That's what we identify with, so... I do have right, to totally disagree right. with Rory here, and I can understand why people are disagreeing with him. We don't want to see anybody shoot plus 10, yeah. but we, we love it when somebody shoots minus 3 yeah. and has to work really hard to get there. Uh, I think that makes for the greatest, greatest of all golf, and I, too, watched the, a lot of that tournament on Sunday, and I thought it was unbelievably exciting with guys going up and down in the scorecard, you know, from minus 7 to minus 8, back to minus 7. It made it very interesting to me, and... Uh, I think Rory is just a little bitter at the end because he missed yeah, he on a couple of short. birdie chances.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that is true. And, Chris, um, I'm going to save that clip forever. You just, found,
2: you just said you found golf very entertaining. So <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, that's what happens when you're sitting in a hotel room for four days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony, what do you
2: think? Do you think it's better when the pros struggle down the stretch, or would you rather see a shootout with birdie after birdie?
3: I think all drama on the course is good drama. You know, so it, whether it's guys birdieing, you know, going neck and neck, trading birdies, or whether it's a struggle. I think the struggle is a little more compelling for the same reasons Chris gave that, you know, it, it brings us a little bit closer to them, right? We we can relate a little bit missing a putt. Um, and, and and then maybe, you, as you said, you get their greatness all in the same kind of uh, – all in the same kind of ball there where they can sh- come back and birdie another hole so yeah i think all the drama's good but i think chris is right when it's when they struggle a little bit more i think we all uh, it's a little more compelling
2: yeah, the uh, full swing documentary, by the way, from Netflix about the PGA Tour has been greenlit for everybody's season...
3: talking about this.
2: Greenlit for season number two, the Rory episode. Watched last night. Very good episode. Very good episode. Oh, oh, good to know, Scrape. Chris, Chris, Chris. You know, Lori loves this show. She's in. She watches. She's it making all the time. me
1: watch it. She's a total fan of this show. And oh. uh, I told you that uh, my new my new favorite golfer, Scrape, is Joel Damon. Yes, that's right. Who was the no-name that they did an entire show about, I think it was episode four, a no-name golfer who's ranked 70th in the world and just has no designs and trying to get his ranking higher. It was a very interesting, very interesting piece. He
2: basically said... I know I'm not good enough to get to where those guys are at, so I'm yeah. going to be cool with where I'm at right here. But he's good enough
1: you. to be where he's at. Yeah. So it's 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 amazing that he doesn't want to put in the extra effort to try to improve himself. <laughs> it was a very interesting story. It was number three. All right, the other audio piece. This is what I sat
2: through almost an hour and forty minutes of, and it was Bill Ma. Is it Bill Maher or Maher? It's Mar, Maher, right? Yeah, Mar. 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 Okay, so he did an interview with Bob Costas on his uh, podcast, the Club Random Podcast, and they were talking, and I tried so hard to find this sound clip of Bob Costas, but I could not find it. I guess a lot of people were very upset and thought he was pretty terrible when he called the ALDS between the Yankees and the Guardians on TBS last year. It was his first uh, MLB playoff series since 2000. And Costas said, you know, He kind of agreed with the assessment that he wasn't very good. He said on the podcast, sort of like a pitcher who still has good stuff, but somehow, as they say, he didn't have command that night. I could feel it. In the first five or six innings of the first game, it's the same philosophy, same approach, but I wasn't nailing it. It didn't have the same flow and rhythm to it. There were a few awkward moments. I hadn't worked that much with Ron Darling, only two or three games. Very smart guy and a guy I really like, end quote. So he is... uh, Saying he's stunk, Tony. Where is Bob Costas in the broadcaster rankings of all time? And while you're thinking, I also liked when I t- when I typed in tw- into Twitter, Bob Costas. There's a pink eye account, a Bob Costas pink eye. So that's great too. Uh, Tony,
3: wh- where do you think he ranks? How did you come up with this question? Did, with this, I came
2: across it because there's a bunch of headlines saying he he because Mike Francesa was very big into saying that he's stunk. And then Bill Maher, or it came up in that in the in the conversation, so that's where I came up with this.
3: Yeah, where is Bob? I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due, right? Bob has been, you know, the guy for a very very long time. Um, I didn't really listen to the ALDS from Bob. Uh, I know Ron. The things you were doing at the time, (laughs) right? I know Ron is. Run is wonderful. A lot of times the game might have been on I just didn't have the sound on because you're getting ready for our game. That's a tough one, man. I, I, I don't know where Bob is at now, uh, but certainly in the past he has been uh one of the one of the better one of the top elite. tenner? Yeah, I mean at times for sure he was a top tenner. but I'm talking uh, about I have right list... now,
2: like overall list Mount Rushmore of broadcasters. Oh man. <laughs> Tony can't do it, Chris. Do you? Do you, do you I don't know. I, I wish everybody could see Tony's face because he's just staring at the ceiling. Chris, do you have a ranking for Bob Costas?
3: Yeah, I'll let Chris go first. And I break. Well, I think. I, I'll,
1: I'll give it my best shot. I, I think Bob Costas is a is a borderline Hall of Fame broadcaster, and I don't mean borderline in a negative sense. I mean that when I list all of the Hall of Fame broadcasters, I think Bob Costas is in the Hall of Fame. But I don't think he's at the top of the list with Vin Scully, Marv Albert, right, Dick right, Enberg, right. Kurt Gowdy, uh, you know, some of the unbelievable voices, Pat Summerall in the history of sports. But Bob Costas, nonetheless, is still a Hall of Famer. I mean, I think he's done some of the biggest events. When you, when you factor in his ability to host, as he does at the Olympic Games and as he does, uh, or you did at the NBA Finals before taking over the play-by-play broadcasting. As a matter of fact, he called Michael Jordan's final shot for the Bulls. So Yes, he did. uh, You know, Bob Costas has had some pretty big moments as a broadcaster, and I just think he's a Hall of Famer. I just don't think he's the tip-top Hall of Famer, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As far as where he is right now, he's probably not very good, as he said. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I don't think he said that about his current ranking. I think he said that about the game he called. But well,
3: um, I, to, to 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 Chris's point, I think that's why I had a difficult time with how to explain it because I think of Bob Costas in that, I guess, old guard of yeah. the guys that he just named, and he certainly, for me, wasn't at the top of that list. But he he he's. I think Chris put it perfectly. is he is a Hall of Famer, ultimately. Um, but where he is right now, I mean, this is kind of like, you know, when when my man Kobe Bryant was at, like, the last couple of years, it's like I know at one point he was, like, the dude. He's not, like, the dude right now as he is, you know, at the end.
2: I think he's coming to terms with that, too, because watching this podcast that I didn't really need to watch all hour and 40 minutes to find this clip, but he, he kind of is accepting of it, I think. They did a lot of um, – reminiscing of the old days and how it used to go down. And they actually did say some stuff about cancel culture that I agreed with, but we, I I saw that. Us three have a pretty good story about Bob Costas. When we went to the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, the engineer that we were traveling with was slighted by Bob Costas. And the engineer, remember this, guys? He will never, ever forgive Bob Costas for stepping in front of him in line. Like, I guess the engineer was waiting in line.
3: And, he was so mad. And Bob Costas so comes
2: up and kind of does the "Hey, I'm Bob Costas," and our engineer was just besides himself. He now That, and by lied. the way,
3: that was the story secondhand. Oh, like, that is true. We got that. We did. You know, we weren't there to see it, but I do remember. Uh, I do remember our engineer being quite <laughs> perturbed.
2: <laughs> it was really funny. He was going after everybody on that trip. He was talking about <laughs> the white balance on a TV camera, all this good stuff. Anyway.
0: Number
2: two. Now, Tom Brady might not be done after all. I've been trying to stay away from this whole thing, but the rumors and the talk is growing and growing and growing. And Rich Eisen now is reporting that he has talked to people in Indianapolis during the combine saying that Tom Brady might not be quote unquote done after all. Folks are saying keep an eye on Miami, Chris for Tom Brady. Tom Brady tried to put a ru- or put the end to the rumor uh, when he t- quote tweeted a tweet about this, saying, "Anyone who thinks I have time to come back to the NFL has never adopted a two-month-old kitten for their daughter," which I I think is funny because you know Tom Brady is trying to embrace this dad life thing, and I th- I heard he was going to be a comedian too, so maybe that's up his alley.
1: But um, Chris, you're up first. Do you think Tom Brady will stay retired? Yes, I do. And uh, I think this is really ridiculous, honestly. I mean, if you talk to enough people at an NFL scouting combine, you'll be able to find one person, one, you know, somewhere that is dumb enough to believe that Tom Brady's really going to come back. I, I don't know how desperate the Dolphins are for a quarterback. I don't know what the hell situation is with Tua, but Brady's not going to play anymore. So that, that, that ship has sailed. And I'm pretty sure everybody thinks that even the Dolphins.
3: Tony, Tom Brady, yeah. staying retired? He's staying retired, man. Tom Tom is uh, off into the sunset. Uh, I was just going to say, if Tom Brady ends up signing with the Dolphins, you and I are going to never hear the end of it. Yeah, no, we won't. But I don't think he will, and I think Scraby's going to unretire Tom Brady. This is now his second time unretiring him. He's going to unretire him. No, 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 more no, no. I did not. At I did it, not
2: bring this story forward well, until Tom Brady I, himself put himself. I, I, into you the know, story. anytime
3: this story has any breath at all, you are going to bring it to. I to the will show.
2: report what Tom Brady says. Yeah. Okay.
1: Right, Tom one. Brady said he's. Tom Brady said he's staying retired, but you reported it as if he is. Yes, he did. He said, anyone thinks I have
2: time to come back to the NFL has never adopted a two-month-old kitten for their daughter. I don't see the, I am not coming back. So we'll continue to keep our eyes out. I found out something about someone I knew that blew my mind, guys. They were on their lunch break at work. And this is a scrappy thing, by the way, and wanted to go out to their car and listen to us to get caught up on Padre's news he may have missed while he was working. I don't think that's weird, obviously, but what is extremely strange is this person didn't get into the driver's seat to sit and listen. He got to the passenger seat to sit and listen. And this blew my mind. I don't know if I've ever thought about going to that side when I am the only one in the car. So, Tony, is this weird to go to the passenger seat to listen, or is it a Scraby problem? Because I cannot get over this.
3: I can't believe this is a real
1: question. It is because yeah. it's
2: so strange. What, what question did
1: this? What question did this beat out to get on the list? I wonder. Um, a, a I can only other, imagine how bad that question was.
3: A couple other Nobel Peace Prize winning questions. Oh my gosh, Scraby. Uh, no, it's not weird. That's not to, weird to get in on the passenger side to listen to some music in your car.
2: No, he was listening to us to get caught up on Padres news. Where
3: were you? Was, was he was he driving? Did he need to go somewhere? Where were you? No, he was on his lunch break. <laughs> okay, that's my point. He was sitting I mean, in
2: his car at his lunch break.
3: I, I don't know. Maybe it's it's a little more comfortable to not have a steering wheel in your lap. You know, while you listen to music, while you, you listen go. to radio. I mean, there's all kinds of good reasons why you may not want to sit in the driver's seat if you're not actually going to drive.
1: You know,
2: this is the never mind, Chris. What do
1: you What do you have to say here? Well, I think the guy really blew it. I think the guy should have just laid down in his back seat and really relaxed.
2: <laughs> See, I knew Chris would be one of these guys. Chris, you would be the passenger seat guy, wouldn't you? I'm just saying. I would
1: have no w- problem doing that. Zero, zero problem. That Although I just... will say this, I will say this in Scraby's defense: if you're sitting on the passenger side in your own car. It can be a little more difficult to operate some of the buttons because you're used to operating them all from the other Mm. side. It is on the other side. It is. So that would be an adjustment you'd have to make. It would also be weird if you sat in the
2: passenger seat. So I'm glad we finally put an end to it. Passenger seat sitting is weird when you're listening
3: to us. Oh, nobody said that. On the radio.
2: All right, Chris, you are off to call Aztecs women's basketball. Tony and I will be with you in the happy hour. That's coming up next on 97.3 The Fan.